0: Branko thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. The AD Network proudly presents the Sustainability Awards now in their 14th year. You can find more information at sustainablebuildingawards.com.au. Welcome to Talking Architecture and Design. My name is Branko Miletic, and today we have with us Robin Rutley, owner of Australian company AM Boss. In 1979, AM Boss first designed and manufactured prototypes of pull down access ladders. The product was an immediate success, and in 1981, AM Boss made its first Melbourne home show appearance. In the beginning, installers were accompanied throughout Melbourne to see firsthand how the attic ladders and roof access stairs could be improved. One of these first innovations in the design involved fixing clips. These would temporarily hold the unit in place at ceiling level, effectively stopping it from falling out of the ceiling after being pushed in. The inclusion of slim metal al- alchotraves also allowed for easier installations and, of course, a better finish. AM Boss's longevity in the industry means we have learned and perfected the most optimal designs using a combination of quality materials, professional expertise, and exceptional workmanship. So, welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Robin Rutley.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, your company has a really interesting background, doesn't it? Tell me a bit about the background history of AM Boss Access Letters. How did it start? Who started it? What are some of the things that have changed in the industry in the time that you have worked in it? Because you've been there, dare I say, a little while.
1: <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, it was started by my father, as you said, back in 1979. He he originally uh, was working at the garage at home. Um, from there, obviously, it flourished. You you actually made a few key points in your intro about um, um, being in the home show. We did that for about 17 years. Um, part of the, Werner's initial, after he did the prototypes, was to go around with the installation team and, And look at how it got installed and if there were things on it that he could improve. So um, he ended up generating uh, uh, fixing clips that go on to the system. So when you're installing into a timber joist ceiling, it temporarily holds the system in place, which makes it so much more easier when you're installing as opposed to trying to have more than one person there and holding it and whatever. Um, Obviously... Being around for so long means that we have quite a number of milestones, um, some of them being things like uh, we were the first company to offer a 20-year warranty on our domestic series ladders, and I I actually think to date we still are. I don't believe there's another competitor in the market that can offer such a, a long warranty on their system. Um, we launched what we call a heavy duty commercial series which was made with the 100 mil deep stiles and treads Um, and it has a load rating of uh, 400 kilos now our load ratings they're not spread weight which is uh, the difference means that a a spread weight is over the the whole length of the ladder Um, our load rating is at what we call any given point which basically means you can get on one of my steps um let's say the standard models you can be 150 kilos and my ladder is not going to break under you um the four, the heavy duty commercial series the 400 kilo that's 400 kilos so oh. exactly so either you're a very very big person or you're carrying some sort of machinery or, or something um i don't really know the Yeah, i won't go into the 400 kilos is quite heavy um We also were industry leaders in the sense that there's no Australian standard for pull-down attic ladders. Um, So we became the very first company to ever comply to the building code. How did we do that? Well, we went through uh, one of their appraisal schemes that was generated by the CSIRO at the time. Uh, That was back in 2003. Um, Then I think about a decade later or nine years later, roughly, uh, they stopped that. The BCA stopped that because Australia was coming out with what they called a national construction code, which meant code, a code that was recognised Australia wide, not just in Victoria or Sydney or whatever. And with that, they had what they called a code mark certification scheme for people who were outside of Australian standards. Um, so we became the first uh company again industry leaders to have a product that was code marked certified in the way of a, an attic style ladder so in essence we've complied to the building code for almost 20 years now i mean it'll be 20 years next next year in 2023 um, i think one of the the uh good things about the industry is that people have become more and more aware of their their height safety so over the course of our history um one of the things that, that we realised very quickly was that attic ladders weren't just for use in a domestic environment; that they could be utilised in commercial and industrial environments for trades to have safe access or service personnel to things like air conditioning ducts, etc. Um, and that's part of the reasons why we went into to, uh, getting a product that complied, etc., so that we could offer a product Australia wide. Um, and then yeah, Werner retired, and my husband and I took over the company, so it's been a family-owned, Australian-owned, Australian-made business product, etc., for some forty-three plus years now.
0: Look, that's actually interesting. You, you well, Australian-owned is really good. I mean, you don't you don't hear that enough these days. But anyway, um, I've got to say that there was a few unique attributes there. The four hundred kilo one. Uh, yeah. I blew my mind. I mean, that's that's what that, that would be. It's almost half a ton, right? That's a yeah. That's a lot of big burly blokes and, and, and carrying you know barrels of beer up up a ladder, isn't it? I mean, that's a yeah. that's a lot. And and you would find that you would find that that is unique because a lot of ladders out there, regardless of where they're from, wouldn't have those same attributes. Is no, that, I wouldn't
1: think so.
0: No, actually, I, I, I'm, I'm not an expert in your industry, but I know for a fact, as a guy who's fallen off ladders, I know yeah. for a fact that there definitely is not no one out there like, like that. What are some of the other unique attributes that, that you guys have um, in terms of your product, in, in terms of how you develop your product? Um, I,
1: okay, so I go back to being Australian-owned and Australian-made, and we use Australian materials like... All of our material is sourced from Australia unless Australia doesn't manufacture it. Uh, a good example of that is that is something trivial like screws or certain rivets. Um, but unlike our competition, we build from the ground up, which means that we'll, we'll get a piece of raw material and we'll punch it or form it or, or weld it or whatever to make a component that goes on to making the attic ladder or the access ladder. Um, you never cut an Ambos ladder. A lot of our competitors out there, they'll have a system that you then, you install it, you adjust it or whatever, and you, you cut it to make it suit. Well, you don't do that with Ambos. And part of that is because, just before I said there's no Australian standard for attic ladders, right? But part of, the, um, one of the Australian standards is to, um, is it, for uh, fixed or portable ladders. So us being a ladder manufacturer, we try and incorporate as much of that as we can into our into our, our product, and that includes ensuring that our tread or our rung spacings are, are compliant, right, okay. all right, or regular. If you've got a system that you need to cut, you're going to have an irregular tread stay, um, um, spacing, which will then lead to possibly, you know, a trip hazard or a fall hazard or whatever. Um, the beauty of an Ambos system is that we can manufacture it to suit each individual environment. I, I don't believe we have a competitor out there who can offer the same thing. I mean, we manufacture up to um, 5.4 metres for, for an attic-style ladder. Um, and again, I go back to I don't believe that there's anybody in the market that can offer the same sort of ceiling height range.
0: In terms, of, Okay, in terms of uniqueness, yeah. Um, you mentioned a couple of things there, there rivets and screws and whatnot.
1: Yeah.
0: Why are they so important? why, you know, give me, give me, give me a practical example of how that how they are important.
1: So one one of the things about an Australian, our product is, as I said, that it is predominantly Australian um, materials, et cetera. And the, there's certain screws or rivets that we use in our system that Australia just doesn't make anymore. We, we proudly display the Australian-owned, Australian-made logo. But unfortunately, we've got competitors in the market who also display the same logo. Um, or they say, you know, they're, they're Australian-made, etc. But they import. They import either the material, um, so it's a lot cheaper, obviously, and then they assemble it here or they manufacture it here. So to me, what differentiates us is, is the quality. I actually spoke to the Australian Made campaign people and said why can't I say my um, my product is a product of Australia because 95 98% of it is Australian and unfortunately they said because it's not 100% and product of Australia pretty much references um, the agricultural industry.
0: Right, oh, okay.
1: Okay.
0: That's yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say that um that's really interesting what what you just said. So you know, you talk about, yeah, okay, they, other companies, it doesn't matter who they are, but other companies, and a lot of other companies, I think all other companies do this from what you've been saying, they'll bring in stuff from overseas and assemble it here. Now, I, I I have some experience in that, and I know for a fact that when you're bringing, depending on where you're bringing it from, of course, Yeah. but if you're bringing stuff from certain countries, you know, adherence to quality may not be exactly the same as, let's say, in other places. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like Australia. But that then leads me down to the, to the next question, height safety. And this, this really is, is, is all about, it's, it's about worker safety, right? Height safety is an issue in Australia. Um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Lot, from my own experience, it's a, it's a life and death issue, really. Um, yeah. Do you think that most people don't know how important this is for workers? And further on to what you said about the screws and stuff, do you think if they knew how important the various components are of, of you know, of the yeah. ladders, do you think maybe they would have a bit more appreciation of what you do?
1: Uh, I, I definitely think that. I, I think that. Um, I, I think one of the the worst phrases I hear is, um, "I can get it cheaper at Bunnings." <laughs> I know, I yes. know, but yes. you, you've got to go like for like, and although it's you know, it's all smokescreen. Like it looks like the, the, it does the same function. It'll get you from the ground to your ceiling, but it's not the same because of the very thing that you just said. I mean, to me, quality is extremely important. When you look at the material we use, the 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 Australian-made aluminium and the fact that we weld our ladders, we don't rivet them, we don't crimp them, we don't make the top bit look wider, but it's it's, because it's got a little lip and then there's a little bit underneath it to make it, um, you know, a little bit stronger, it's, you've got to see an embossed ladder and then go, ah, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, quality is so important and, and the way something is made. So, um, and, and the fact that, uh, what's a, a, another example? I said before about how we make every little bit to to, you know, whether it's, uh, the standoff brackets which is a bracket that keeps our ladder system our ladder assembly away from the ceiling panel so you've got room for your hands and feet as you climb up and down the ladder whereas we've got cheaper versions where the ladder's stuck straight to the ceiling panel how can you safely climb up and down there and then in other instances where people have gone oh hang on a minute yeah we'll, we'll keep it away from the ceiling panel it's not fixed yeah in, in strongly enough you know i mean I think you've really got to do your research. And I think part of the, the problem with um, um, height safety in Australia, look, in fairness, we're in 2022 now. So in fairness, we have employers and, and self-employed people who are becoming more and more aware of their height safety. And I think, sadly, that's come about by knowing or personally falling off a ladder as you have experienced yourself. Yeah. And you're one of the fortunate ones. Let's face it, you survived.
0: Yeah. Not everybody does. Yeah, I survived intact. I mean, there's nothing wrong with me except that I no longer want to go on a bloody ladder. But yeah. some people, well, A, don't survive or or they're no longer you know, able to walk, or etc. so...
1: Exactly. They have some permanent um, disability as, as a result of the fall. So um, I still think we've got a long way to go, but at this point in time, I'd say the main industry... That has embraced height safety are actually um, people in, in maintenance who install or service, you know, like the air conditioning or the heating or the solar panels. Um, because once upon a time, they used to get a portable ladder, lean it against, a, you know, a, a, a 10 metre factory and then climb up to the roof level to access
0: What you say? Um, it reminds me of uh, actually, which is something I have to do very, very soon. But last time I was buying tyres um, for my car, there was a guy in front of me, and and we over, over. It was actually over at Midas, and that guy was asking, "Oh, what kind of tyres you got?" Blah blah blah, and and the guy goes, "Oh, how much are you willing to spend?" And he goes, "Oh, look, not too much. You know, it's only for the, it's only for the wife, and she only takes the kids to school every day." And you, oh think- wow. You think, well, it's a kind of the same argument, isn't it? Oh, we will go to Bunnings, right? Because it's yeah. only it's only a ten metre fall. Yep,
1: yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: So there's the same. There's a kind of like it's almost a disrespect, isn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually that's that's kind of a very good analogy because it's like uh, how much is a life worth? Yeah. You know, realistically, and and. Uh, in fairness you have to understand that people have budgets and everybody's got to do things within their means but there's a thing called you know cheap economics where you say okay well i'm only going to spend 50 dollars on this item but if you actually spent the 200 dollars instead of lasting you 12 months it lasts you five years you know it's yeah. a bit like an emboss ladder you might pay um And I still think we're market competitive, so don't misunderstand this comment. But you might pay twice as much as you would for a ladder that you buy at Bunnings, but there's a huge difference. I don't believe the Bunnings ladder comes with a, I think the most is a five-year warranty. Don't hold me to that. Mm. You're getting a 20-year warranty from me if it's it's domestic. And if it's commercial, the ladder's double welded. It has, you know, all of these things going for it that you just, you can't buy over the counter.
0: I'm, I'm getting the impression that you have a real passion for the industry. So tell me, Robin, what makes you come to work every morning?
1: Well, we're a niche industry, and I've always loved the fact that that we're a family-owned business and we provide a, a unique service for people. Um, we're not just a ladder company. We're, we're problem solvers. So the idea is to to give people safe access, um, regardless of whether it's in their home or the their office environment or an industrial environment. I think one of my biggest passions is educating the architects and the surveyors Mm -hmm. um, about our product. It's still disappointing that in 2022 um, we still have people going through the education system and they're still trying to apply the Australian Standard AS 1657 to a pull-down ceiling access ladder. Even in that standard, it clearly states this does not relate to attic ladders, so what do you do, you know? I love saying, um, look at this, it's an Ambos product. It's 100% Australian-owned, it's it's Australian-made for Australian conditions, and it's manufactured to suit each individual environment, plus we comply to the building code. Who, Who else can say that? Dare I say it? My my certification is a wee bit better than theirs, so <laughs> and
0: there's a reason. There you go. I've got. I've also got to thank you for for educating me on how to actually pronounce your company name. I keep calling it Ambos, and it's Ambos, isn't it? I...
1: Yes, Ambos. Um, it stemmed from so Ambos is German for anvil, which is the blacksmith's tool.
0: Right. Okay. Works
1: with metal. That's where it stemmed from, uh, and we there was a hyphen put in there so that people would say ambos because they used to say ambos. Oh, yeah.
0: Which is what you don't want it with your ladders, right? You certainly don't want ambos.
1: No.
0: Um, I've got to say, you've written quite a few installation guides. Um As both a local manufacturer, you're local as, as in Sunshine, right? In, in, yes. Yep. Um, know the area well. Um, and also as a woman. That puts you actually in a, in a very unique category, doesn't it? I mean kind of not not usual
1: in, in- no I don't think so. I mean I, I I think women are coming up in in um in in business, uh, but usually in, more in um you know corporate like stuff. As far as manufacturing is concerned, I think that it's a little left field, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean
1: sorry I was gonna say the the, the my go to is Gina reinhardt I love that woman. You know, seriously. I mean, I know she inherited it, but it takes a lot of skill to be able to keep something and keep it going.
0: It takes a lot of skill, not only to inherit it, but firstly, A, not to lose it and, and be to build on it. Exactly. Uh, uh, look, to that point, would you say that as a company, and it, it's, not, it's not really just a product, is it? You're also selling your years of experience, your own, you know, intellectual property, um, and, and your own, uh, you know, inherent understanding of, of, of what the market needs. Would I be correct in saying that?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I like to distinguish an AMBOS product from, from our competition. I think it's important to um, inform potential customers of our longevity in the industry. Um, we aren't fly-by-nighters, obviously, 43-plus years, you know, is testimony to that, um, you know, I mean, that's what—that's over four decades. So, and there, there's a reason for that. You—it's not just that you survived the GFC or whatever. It's because you offer a particular product that has, um, you know, worn time. If you—I can't think what the phrase is, but you know what I mean. It's stood the test of time. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, we—we we, we know our product. We know what we're doing. We know how to to manufacture safe access systems. Uh, that are reliable, they're sturdy, and I go back to once again that are Australian-made, and I know I keep pumping that, but I pump it for a reason. You know, with this issue that happened with, um, you know, the China uh, uh, cold shoulder treatment, yes. I think it it reawoke Australians' passions and the realisation that we once had this beautiful manufacturing industry mm-hmm. that has By and by, depleted down to very few of us, you know, shoe manufacturing, textiles, clothing, so much is offshore nowadays. Um, There's so many little things about our product that, in my my opinion, makes makes it such a quality product. And I go back to like we, you know, the Australian aluminium. The fact that we weld our, our ladders and and not not cheat on them by crimping them or riveting them or whatever. Um, we have quality control procedures in place as part of our, our code mark certifying. Um, there's there's so many things that I I am, I love to be able to say this this is an Ambos product. I proudly stamp our name and every tread of our ladders mm. because i'm proud of our product i'm proud of the team that makes the product you know it's it's such an important thing um, and our employees are proud of the product that they make and i and i'm pleased that they feel that way it's it's a unique environment here i think and, and especially as being a woman um, i love the fact that we provide safe access systems for people to use and and I love to say, this is who we are. We're Ambos.
0: I'm on to another sector. Let's talk about the education sector. Um, there are unique edu- uh, challenges, obviously, in education when it comes to height, height safety. So what are, what are some of the challenges that, that, that Amboss um can answer, I guess, or, or, or can you know solve in terms of height safety in the education sector?
1: I think I think one of the things, is, well because with the school, of course, they, they have heating and air conditioning and yeah. and they need to, to ensure that they provide a, a safe access system that the students can't access, but the service personnel can. Um, they they need to to make sure that whatever the system is that it meets safety such as managing the the risks of falls at the workplace because even though they're a school it's still technically a workplace isn't it um, and, and they need to ensure that whatever system they put in is is a compliant system because the ramifications if it's not are quite substantial so. Uh, I think for them, the, the hardest thing is trying to find something that uh, meets their needs, um, whilst ensuring that they, they cover, they, tick, they have to tick all the boxes. That, that's the basic thing, isn't it? You know, they have to tick that uh, they can provide safe access, that the system's are compliant um they that there's no risk of fall that there's no risk of in- injury or, or, or death even depending on what it is that their students are safe um, mm. and and we can do that and that's part of the reason why we've we've done systems for for various schools throughout Australia
0: okay on that point um have the education sector specs changed over the years and I mean have they become more stringent um, and do you um, have you any Ambos case studies in terms of the education sector that, that might be of interest?
1: I think the short answer to that is yes. Um, one one of the obvious changes, and it's a good change, I, I feel on, on a personal level, is is the obvious working with Children Check. Yeah. Um, I think that that's that that's that's just a prerequisite now. And um, even though, for example, Ambos, we don't actually work directly with the children, obviously, but we need to go onto a site where there are many of them. So um, our installation team have their working with children check done. Um, The other is that when we go on site, in conjunction with the school, we have to make sure that the area is cordoned off um, to keep children away and or unauthorised personnel. and, And then that allows our installation team to to do the required work in, in a safe and productive manner. Um, as far as some of the, the jobs we've done, um, we've, oh, look, the University of Melbourne, they um, did a, um, one of their, their uh, colleges, I think they've got about 10 of them where students stay. Um, one particular one, the university college, uh, We uh, manufactured about 60 bespoke ladders. Um, They had to have special hatch sizes. They had to have high frame sides. They they came with an internal tread step for safe access between um, the ceiling level and the mezzanine level above, um, because the, the, the mezzanine area covered about one third of the little apartment. And basically we manufactured attic ladders that could quickly easily fold up or unfold uh, and tuck away into the floor cavity when they weren't in use. And that resulted in a nice clean finish without compromising on the student's living space. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one would have been like St. Paul's Anglican Grammar in in Warragul. Uh, That was an installation into a suspended ceiling. Um, We... Amboss, I don't know if I mentioned it to you before, but Amboss actually pioneered installations into suspended ceilings. We did that about, I think about 35 years ago now, could could be a little bit more. Um, And the system is that good that it's it's been, we've had our competitors buy our product and then copy it. Yeah. So I, I I take that as a pat on the back for a job well done, honestly. Monash Business School, we had to install a system there. Uh, Again, it had a special hatch size and and high frame sides. The King David School, they they had a ceiling height of about 4,200, I think it was. Um, St Vincent's Clinical School, that was another suspended ceiling. Um, We had, uh, oh, Heatherton Christian School was an interesting one. Um they had a, needed us to make them a heavy-duty commercial series um, and it had to have a special hatch size, but the hatch size had to suit a cutout of 1,500 long by 1,200 wide. So it was a nice big opening and that was so that they could actually get, I think, some sort of air conditioning system up through the opening. Um, I think they used a pulley system or something to get it up there. Um, The King David School had a ceiling height of 4250, so we manufactured them a system to suit that. That one also needed high frame sides, and it came with uh, an internal steel vertical ladder. Because the idea is our pull-down ladder gets you up to the ceiling level, but then you've got this step up of about 500 millimetres to the level above or the, the roof level, and that's too high to take a step so we make high frame sides and put in an internal ladder so so you you're just continuously going up in a safe method and we put on roof grab rails at the roof level so that you've got something to grab onto so you can um, actually get off and on the, the ladder system safely and I think that's that's very important
0: so you've done a fair fair I was gonna say you've done a fair amount of work in the education sector so you, you know it quite well
1: yes yes absolutely Um.
0: On that point, so as an Australian manufacturer, what do you hope that the new federal government uh, should do to help companies such as yours in terms of, first thing, competition from overseas? Maybe, when I say competition, I'm not so much an issue with competition, but unfair competition <clears throat> in terms of you know lower quality and, and, and whatnot. But also in yeah. terms of, you know, you, you said earlier that, you, you, you wish that you could you know manufacture your own screws um,
1: yeah
0: okay well how, how could the new fed federal government help you with that?
1: We, we ourselves wouldn't make the screws but they 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 could help by by um, subsidizing okay. somebody who in the market who wants to do it I mean one of the people uh, there's a company called Atlight Skylights. And the gentleman that owns that actually um, uh, designed screws, et cetera,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I go back to you, but they're not made in Australia anymore. They're all made offshore. Um, I, I think, sadly, you know, for decades, manufa- decades manufacturing in Australia has just been on the decline. I mean, we touched on that before. Um, so it's kind of hard to say what, what the government should do. But personally, I, I think part of it would be, for for me in my industry would be to increase the tariff on on products that are similar to mine Um, so that you know like they used to do with the car industry so on one hand they would subsidize because the thing about Australia is we've always been about quality that's why we have such stringent standards etc and we pay decent wages and we pay them for a reason I know that there's been some talk at the moment about the award wage etc but most most of us in the manufacturing industry we I like to think we pay above award wages I know Ambos does so if the government came out and said okay um, look we can't increase the tariffs or, or we can't do X y and Z but I tell you what we'll do we'll, we'll help subsidize your wages or we'll, you know we'll give you a cut in your payroll tax or something to make you more competitive yeah. I think what people don't realize is, my profit margin is rather low compared to my competitors because I make everything here and it's really hard when people come in and say, oh, I can go get X, Y and Z from Joe Blow and I have to explain to them, yeah, sure, please go have a look at theirs and then come back and have a look at mine again and tell me what. And I, I guarantee you that... Of course, I'm going to lose some sales, but but 95% of them come back because they understand the quality of of my system. Getting back to the federal government, though, I I would love if if they could in some way. And I don't know how they would do it, but I go back to the car industry. They used to subsidise the car industry so that the cars could be made in Australia. Why not do the same for us manufacturers? Why not give us something that makes us competitive? Nobody's in business to make a loss. Everyone's in business to make a profit. But more importantly, it's such a great feeling to employ Australian people for an Australian product made by an Australian company that's family owned.
0: To say if you look back at, at everything you've done in all the years that you were with amboss I won't ask how I many is that I'll be polite um, but um, what would you say <laughs> what would you what would you say that has made you the most proud
1: and- oh there's a number of things if I'm gonna be honest I mean you you're right like we've been around for 43 odd years. I've been around for nearly half of that, so just to sort of touch on that. Um, I think one of the things I'm extremely proud of is that our product is distributed Australia-wide and to some degree worldwide, and I find that um, a very humbling achievement, to to say the least. I'm proud proud to say that, um, you know, our ladders have gone to such places as as Singapore and and Malaysia um, Abu Dhabi, the USA, Hong Kong, Kuwait, Mm -hmm. uh, just to name a few. So uh, that's an Australian product that's been sent offshores. I mean, we we made, I think it was about 24 ladders for a project in um, Abu Dhabi. And I was was so smitten with that. I was so proud of that. Um, I, I love the fact that we were the first company to comply to the building code and that we have a um, that we code mark certified I think one of the things that I'm I'm proudest of is is obviously um, our quality control system uh, which was part of of the code mark certification um, it gives us the opportunity to to quality check every single one of our ladders um, and then every single one of our ladders gets a unique serial number this process means we can check the creation of the ladder from, from beginning through to end. Uh, I don't believe there's another manufacturer in the market that can do that or that offers a 20-year warranty for a domestic ladder. Um, I think we're the only ones and I I, um, I, I don't believe anyone else does that or, or, or can give that. One of um, my sayings to our clients and, and to our staff is, um, is the AMBOSS's motto "Is near enough not good enough"? It's the closest I could get to that "good, better, best" mm. saying without plagiarising it, and it's fact. We don't settle, mm. and I think we offer a quality product. So that's
0: that's that's an attitude, a wonderful attitude, uh, Robin. From a, dare I say, from a bygone era, but it is a it is a wonderful attitude to have. Thank you. Um, well, what can I say? I mean, Robin Rutley, I, I've, become a, I've, I've become a fan of AMBOSS. That's all I've got to say. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you, Branko.
0: You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. My name is Branko Meledic. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Branko Meledic, and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine.